And welcome to Canuck of the Dead. Uh, I have been anxious for this particular episode because uh, we're going to talk to two people who put the magic into horror movies. You cannot have a horror movie without the effects. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Carlos and Ryan from The Butcher Shop. Guys, how are you doing? Hello, good. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? What's up? I'm going to jump right out of the gate because I know why I would be where you are. How did you guys get started? Go ahead, man. Yeah. Uh, I've known Ryan since school. Like, we uh, we went to school together, and uh, we would just go to conventions and stuff like that. And uh, we're horror fans, obviously. Like, we've been lifelong horror fans. And uh, we just saw how uh, Fan Expo, they did tables back in the den, and we were kind of disappointed. So we got together along with another friend, Stephen Dolly, and... Uh, we dressed up like butchers and we know, you know, we just did it up a little bit and we started to get recognized. And before we even knew it, we created a brand for ourselves and people started to like welcome us and hey, the butcher guys, hey, the butchers, hey, butcher boys. And like, yeah, without even knowing it, we kind of created a brand and then we just kind of went with it and we're the butcher shop effects studio. Yeah, yeah a little more context about it. So we were selling a lot of severed body parts and like skin faces and horror masks as well at the convention. So it kind of fit with the whole butcher theme, right? Oh, that's perfect. We were just trying to have fun. That's all it was. Oh, no, it makes sense. I, I still remember the first time I heard of you guys. I thought the, the guy was talking about a butcher shop because it was Mikey yeah. McMurrin. He goes, yeah, Secret Santa, I got all my effects from the butcher shop. It's like, ooh, they sell blood? I didn't realize, <laughs> you know? Oh, we get that all the time. Like, we get calls for, oh, yeah, I need a pound of, you know, lamb or something. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, like, there's, there's positives and negatives, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and absolutely, the brand sticks because, like, ever since that first mistake, I've never made that mistake again, and awesome. now people hear about it all over the place. So, right. what got you into effects? Like, what made you want to make severed body parts? And with me, I was a, a babysitter. Let me watch Poltergeist about when I was like four years old. So, I think that really uh, got me into horror at a young age. And then my my parents uh, they like to party and stuff, and they they put me in front of movies all the time and I rent Ghostbusters every weekend for years of my life as my childhood and just all the all the classics, aliens, Ghostbusters, Predator, Poltergeist, Gremlins, yeah, all that stuff. And with me it was uh probably about what six years old when uh, thriller came out. And I used to be scared of thriller and I'd like hide behind the couch and all that and uh and then I watched uh Creep Show when I was a kid. Um I was probably like yeah six years around the same time, nineteen eighty three I'm guessing. And I watched Creep Show, and that was it for me, man. I started reading Fangoria magazine and finding anything I, I could on it. And my wall was just like melting people and werewolves, and, and th that was it. Like, just, yeah. So, do, do you guys remember the very first thing you ever made? Yeah. No. I did a lot of drawing when I was a child. I actually have a little booklet when I was really young of just like scribbles of monsters and stuff. I always geared towards drawing monsters. Do the same thing. Yeah. Do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember the very first thing I ever did for effects was I made a squib, but I made it out of, you remember those uh, uh, pop guns? You'd put the little red circle on the back and it would fire. Yeah. Right we cut little pieces of those off, put wires into it, and then fired it off with a battery. But we realized you have them too close to the skin. That's real gunpowder, and that was bad. So that was the last yeah. thing I made. Did you actually hurt anybody? Uh, <laughs> one person. <laughs> And it was only ever done once. So, <laughs> yeah, it sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I leave it to the pros at the oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, oh, sorry. Was the first big film that you guys got into. 
Oh, you mean like uh, like as a fan or like just working on? Just starting to work on. Because I imagine you started in shorts, just like most indies do, you know. But but well, we, we were we were fortunate where um we went to the same school when we graduated. Um, I a couple like a week later, I brought my business card to the administration of the school, and then a couple of days later, someone walked in that school and said, "Give me your top artist that graduated recently." And they, my business card was just sitting there, so they passed it off. And uh, we did a film with a buddy of ours called, named Chris Harrison called uh, Why Girls. Uh, we took on all the effects, and we did all the straight makeup at the time as well. Yeah. They, they ended up being Nyctophobia films later on with Devil's Night, um, originally titled Left for Dead. Um, they ended up doing that, which ended up coming out, and, you know, Daniel Harris was in it, so people know about that film. Why, Why Girls, sadly, no one really – I don't even know if it came out. I don't think so. Yeah, so – but – but that was the start of, uh, you know, Left for Dead, which became Devil's Night, and then uh, Night of the Living Dead Live with uh, oh. Chris and, and Phil, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. What is it different to do a live stage performance as opposed to creating effects for film? Uh, it's, it's extreme. It's completely different things. Completely different things. Because with, with film, you have takes, and if it doesn't go, it doesn't happen the way they wanted it to go, you can try again, right? With theater, you got one try. Um, setup is next to nothing because it has to be guaranteed to work. So they they simplify it to the the point where it can't fail, if that makes sense. Where with, with film, you get to try things out, right? Yeah, for example, like uh, we did Evil Dead the musical um, and, and we, we designed the masks uh, with a friend of ours, Tara Murphy as well. Um, we had to design the masks so they were, they were slip on and off masks essentially, where if we were doing that for a movie, we'd, we'd glue the rubber to the skin so it would move to the face nicely and everything. And okay. Yeah, we that do, yeah, we had to do it in a way where um, they could just, one minute they're normal humans, the next minute they're deadites when they just turn turn around, right? Yeah, that's where you get the, they drop their head, put it on, boom, all of a sudden they're like, you know what I mean? Like one second and they become a demon, right? Like with film, you got like two, three hours to apply an amazing makeup with you know, theater, we have, you know, a second, two seconds. Yeah, there, now go. <laughs> yeah, so very, very different things. When people approach you for these kind of things, like how how early in the scripting and pre-production should people approach you? Uh, it's it's different every movie. Like, um, you're, you're lucky to almost get two months prep the way it is now. Like, um you know, back in the day when, you know, like Rob Bottin, a big effects guy from the 80s, was doing like the thing. He would have like, I think he had like a year and two months to do everything. Like, yeah, like a big movie for us, we probably get like two months prep if we're lucky. Where oh. um, a lot of the movies we probably get like four or five weeks. Like we're working on one right now and it's uh, it's a creature film. And what do we have? Five, three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks. Yeah, to, to sculpt, mold, cast, run everything. Yeah, it's fast. It's fast, which which kind of sucks because you don't get the time to to really work and finesse things, right? But but it also gives us like uh, we, we get innovative with things, right? We we make it work different ways than we would doing it the proper way. Yeah, so so what, you, you become a professional problem solver trying to think figure things out on the spot. And don't doubt. What, is there a point where it's like, I'm sorry, there's not enough time? Because to me, three weeks, I don't think that's enough time. No, sometimes it depends on the movie, right? Like sometimes uh, if it's a heavy effects based movie, they know that we're a little bit of a priority for that, right? Like say it's a werewolf film, you need a werewolf. So that becomes a priority. They'll give us a little bit of time. 
Um, we're working on a movie right now. I don't know if we can say the title, but um, we, we started off with three months and then, you know, budgets got lower, got lower, 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 lower. And they, they moved a lot of it to CG. And, and now we're doing like the minimal casualty effects where, you know, talking about budgets and things like that, our kind of, our, uh, our time kept getting smaller, smaller, smaller. And uh, the dates to shoot stayed. So we just lost all that time. Oh. Yeah, so it's, it's a shame sometimes, but at the same time, it's uh, a lot of these movies are just about money, right? They want to preserve money and find a way to save it. Yeah, but trust me, I'm I'm the school just like you guys. Like you watch both the things, and the Rob Bottin stuff still now outweighs the the remake. Yeah, the, no, the, the, the prequels. No comparison. Exactly. Exactly. With that said, too, we we have an amazing team from behind us as well, right? So. Uh, for example, we have a few people on set right now for us. Well, me and Carlos are back in the shop just trying to finishing up a few gig, gigs or whatever. Good film. Yeah, we're, it's not just two of us. Like, we have a team of people. There's uh, Right now, we have a few dailies that we call on whenever we need, uh, you know, some sculpting, some painting, mold making. Uh, the majority of the stuff we do do, and, and we supervise and, you know, design and stuff. But we do have a crew. It's not just us. So we, we thank all you guys. We, we thank everyone that helps us out. We really do. Thank you. Yeah, the, I've seen some of the people on your crew, and they're amazing too. Yeah, you guys yeah. are very talented. Is there something that you haven't done that you've always wanted to try? I want to make a Gremlin sequel. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I just, I just no. I'd love to work on a Gremlins movie, but come on, you know, <laughs> that would be kind of fun. No, I got to admit, yes. I, I I would personally like to do uh, more creature um, suits. Me personally, I don't. I don't. I think that the creature suit. Um, genre of movies is, is just so rare today and it's sad because they're so fun. About you? We, we, we've tried it, but I want to get more with the rod puppet stuff, um, more into like the, you get in the green screen suit and operate the puppets more. We, we built it for a few films, but it always, they, they prioritize the actor acting and stuff. And then our stuff always gets pushed at the end of the day. And then they, we get, our stuff gets so rushed sometimes that we don't actually have like, they didn't set up like a full day where they shouldn't just be shooting the puppet type thing, right? So we, we, we had a lot of things set up for that on a few films and they just, it just kind of got pushed to the end and then never really got shot properly, which uh, uh, we, we wish we had more time to focus and make some really amazing like rod puppet stuff. Cause I, I started in this industry in puppets, right? So yeah. I have to confess, I don't think I've ever seen puppet work by you guys. What, what films did you work on for that? Oh, we've, done, we've done a bunch. Like we just did a movie called, uh, it's in the festival circuit right now called, um, Last Christmas, we uh, we built a bunch of puppets, elf puppets, and then we did Familiar. Yeah. Um, Air had some rod puppet stuff in it Air. as well. Um, another one called uh, Duke of Crows. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, the one with the, the ape. The monster ape. Oh, that's right. In its wake. That's another one. It hasn't come out yet. A lot of these haven't come out yet. Okay. I was gonna say because I I try and you know follow you guys, but oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. The, the, like like we've done a bunch of stuff. It's just a lot of the stuff we can't really show until it comes out, right? Well, yeah, that's true. And then, like you said, if a film never comes out, then you're left wondering when can I show it or should I show it or yeah, there's a few of those, but luckily uh, a lot of the stuff has come out. There's a, there's a kid's show, Oh Yuck, and there was the, the one with the slug puppet we built recently, too. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of rod puppet stuff. Do you follow our YouTube channel at all? or? I like, will. 
I yeah. get a YouTube channel. I'm just getting into YouTube, and I. Oh, okay, YouTube. okay. If uh, you or anybody else at home wants to really follow some of the stuff we do behind the scenes, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, just type in the Butcher Shop Effects Studio. Uh, we got about 50 videos up so far, but there are a few Rod Puppet videos up there. Oh, excellent. There's one that we did a uh, alien replica for Cineplex, which is really fun. That was the next thing I was going to ask you about. Yeah. And that's what? that's that's a Rod Puppet. How were you approached about that? Because I still remember sitting in the theater. I had no idea you guys did this. And then all of a sudden I look up and there you guys are. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, that was, what was that? I don't remember now, actually. That was, we used to do a lot of TIFF commercials for Midnight Madness back in the day. And I think that it was someone that contacted, um, his name was Rob uh, Lazar. He's a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. He's the best. And I think they contacted him because we did so many um, horror behind the scenes segments with him for TIFF. And TIFF, Cineplex are connected, right? So we got the call for that one. And I'm so happy we did because it was, like Ryan was saying, we don't get to do the Rod Puppet thing a lot. And it was it was a really great, uh, you know, it reached millions of people. Like, We're house across Canada. All yeah, Canada. <laughs> exactly. And like, I know they played it in front of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Alien, um, I think a Fast and the Furious movie, like, <laughs> like big movies, man. Like, yep. I know I saw it for Aliens and Guardians. Those two I know I saw it for. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it reached millions of people, which, uh, oh, God, it's a dream. Thank you. Like anyone that, you know, even gives us a second to hear out anything we say is a dream, you know, like it's fun. Now, uh, I, I, with the stuff you've done, has there been anything really cool that you look at and you go, oh my gosh, if I never do another thing that it'll be my calling card. I, I love uh, the director I've worked with uh, in the past. Uh, I've done three of his films now, uh, Richard Powell. I'm, I'm still really, really enjoy what we do. Uh, he did a, a movie called, uh, we started a student film, which was, um, oh, what was that called again? Worm. No, no, no. Um, I want the cannibalism, self-cannibalism. Oh, consumption. Yeah, there's consumption. And then we did familiar, we did air, and we did worm. And uh, I, I love his work, man. He's just such a dark writer. Um, he really, your mind really goes to places when you're watching the film. Um, but we did some really cool stuff with that for his films. So. Yeah, they're, they're smaller movies, but um, his um, imagination is huge. And when you're dealing with what you guys do, imagination is everything. Yeah, if, if you watch them, they're they're fantastic films, you know. And and he didn't have a lot of money; it was just um, he put it up on the screen, and it's all creative stuff. Like he got great actors, like Robert Nolan was in it, uh, Bill Oberst Jr. Everybody knows that guy; he's a Canadian talent. Um, oh, nice. You know, Michael Davidson; he's he's one of Canada's best DOPs. And, yeah. Yeah, just like they're, they're fantastic stuff and minimal money, right? It's not about the money. Like uh, one thing I also cherished too through my career is uh, I was very fortunate. I was working at another company at the time. I very when I started in this industry, I worked under a company called Grog's Puppet Studio, and uh, I worked on a show called Nanoland, which is a little kids show, which was amazing. I'll always remember that. Um, yeah, you remember uh, Nanoland? Do you remember that show? Or I actually I know. I I don't, I'm not familiar with that title. Ah, uh, if you look up a photo of it, you'll know what it is. Was oh, okay, it's one of those shows. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you'll know right away. Like banana splits, you see the picture. It's like, oh, I know that show. Uh, okay. Yeah. What about you? Well, what am I? What? Would you love working on Oh, with me, I uh, one one thing that I'm really proud of. Um, it wasn't through us, but it was. I used to work in another company as well called uh, Cup of Coffee Studios, and we did stop motion animation puppets. You know, like Corpse Bride, things like that. And um, 
I got to work on a Rankin Bass uh, Christmas special with uh, Mickey Rooney as Santa Claus and uh, Heat Miser, Cold Miser, and they brought back all the old guys that did the voices. And um, I just, as a kid, I, I loved Rankin Bass, and I still yeah. watch those movies every Christmas. And for me, it was a dream come true. So um, yeah, I, I look at, I look back on that fondly. That's and, crazy. Yeah, Mickey Rooney as Santa he came back as a dream. So. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Then I got to ask with stop motion, it, how tedious is that? Because I, I look at behind the scenes stuff from like Empire and like that. It looks fun, yep. but it takes a long time, doesn't it? Oh, like all the animators, you're, you're lucky to get 20 seconds in a day. Like it's, it's insane. It's crazy. And like, it's not just one puppet, right? Like there's like 50 puppets of each character. So it's, you know, like the contracts that I had there, like I worked there for, oh God, I think it was like six years. And every contract that I had there was for at least eight months to a year, which is a long time for uh, for a show, right? It's a long time. And we would just build hundreds and hundreds of puppets all day long. Yeah, so. Depends on their expression, depends on the clothes, depends. Oh, okay, because it's not like you can do a quick wardrobe change on these guys. It's... Oh, no, there's like. There's there's multiple departments, and it's, it's very similar to working at a factory. It's like an assembly line. Yeah. Oh, it's just, you're just building puppets all day long. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, with rod puppet work, is it similar to, to stop motion? or it, I'm just curious because it doesn't seem like it would be. There are aspects that are similar when it comes to uh, molding and casting and building armatures, but, but there's a lot of differences as well. So There are similar materials being used, just in different ways, that's all. Okay. So it's um, like all of this stuff that we do, whether it's animatronics, um, creature suits, um, you know, even just generic masks and puppets. There are four or five materials you use for, for pretty much all of them. Uh, latex, gelatin, foam latex, um, silicone. Prosade um, materials. Prosade transfers. But like all these materials, it's like four or five materials and you just keep using them just in different ways. And this is just, you know, the stuff you pick up at 7-Eleven or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're almost like uh, like chemists, right? Like you got to measure things out, and you know A and B equal parts, and you mix them together, and then it, it creates a chemical uh, reaction. Which I don't, don't want to get too technical with this stuff, but no, no, I, I think I know what you mean. A buddy of mine did a mold of my teeth. He made me vampire teeth, mm -hmm. and to do that, he put this powder in. He mixed a bit of water and put in a thing, and said, "Quick, hurry up!" and stuck it in my face because it hardens fast. Was it pink? It was. Yeah, alginate. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so that's like what dentists use to take a cast of your teeth. Okay. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I, I picture it being similar to that, like when you're working with this latex and, and things like that, you only have so much time to actually get it what how you want it before it actually cures. Yeah, it depends on the materials, but um, something like alginate, you have about three to five minutes setting time. Yeah. So that's why they're quick. Yeah, first time you get mad at me because I was asking questions, and by the time I got it in, I couldn't get my teeth in. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, time is money, my friend. Get those things in. Oh, big time! <laughs> yeah, because he, he was making up new words as he was mixing the second batch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So has anyone ever come to you with a film idea, but and you and you looked at it going, I don't know if we can do that. It's it's not that we can't do it. It just comes down to budget and time, like, and the right people. Because it's sometimes it's hard to explain too, like some people just don't get it. So like they have to, especially with um, <clears throat> younger directors today, they haven't grown up with the '80s stuff, right? 
they haven't grown up with all the magazines and all the, you know, if it's like a 20 year old kid, like they haven't really grown up with that unless, you know, a parent or someone showed it to them. So it's, uh, they still want something like that. They just don't know how to, um, how to execute it. Okay. That's true. Cause back in the day, Fangoria was our horror effects encyclopedia, basically. Yeah. Where today, you know, everyone just goes, you know, YouTube, how do you do it? And they're on YouTube and they think that's how you do it. And it's like, it's not <laughs> it's not that easy because literally I was researching this and I typed in how to make sugar glass, you know, like the glass panes and all that. I couldn't find anything that looked like glass by the time they were done, you know, but yet you guys end up doing it and it looks good. So get away from YouTube. Talk to these guys, you know. With that said, though, it's uh, it's we've been studying this our whole career and I'm still studying it all the time. And it's, it's all practice and trial and error. And we still make mistakes to this day. Right. It's just, uh, it's just, you just got to do it. It's it's an artistry, right? It's anything in arts. You got to practice, practice, practice. Right. Yeah. We've been doing this professionally for over 20 years now, but we're, we're still newbies. You know what I mean? We still, we're still constantly researching, testing on new products and, you know, 20 years seems like a long time for people, but it really isn't like, Oh, we still consider, fine. you know, we're still learning. We'll start learning as, as we go around and, you know, always trying to come up with new things, new ways of doing things. And and this business really strikes me as that trial and error kind of thing. It's like, mm. let's try this effect, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, you, you've got to fail to know if you're not learning from your mistakes, you're not learning. So, you know, if you watch a YouTube video and you're just, I know how to do this you should really try it if you succeed with it that's great if you fail with it that's okay too try it again you know you'll succeed the second time if you don't get it the second time then you got problems <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you should at least try it you know try it once twice three times you know like, with that said too even though even there's stuff we've been doing for many many years there's still human error Some, sometimes stuff still goes wrong regardless how many times you've done it it's just it's just part of the craft right we got a good track record though Yes. Yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, the way I was looking at it is for the trial and error, it's I'm going to try and do this and then I'll change how I do it to make it quicker and easier. And that's when you get to your stage stuff where I can trim this down by doing it this way and save 15 minutes and we can do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're constantly talking back and forth. How can we save you money? How can we get more... Um, like we, we we just a few months ago did a film called Last the Night. It's a uh, a horror wrestling movie. I think you'll dig it. I saw Psycho Sid was on your show a few months ago. I saw that. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, you, you'd love this movie. You'd love this movie. It's um, but but talking to Daniel, the director, um, it was always about you know how can we shoot something a certain way to save money here and there, and you know like we we ended up doing it for uh, they, they had a pretty good budget. But uh, we're talking back and forth. We saved them a whole bunch of money. But that one was planned. They had storyboards all set up for us. They knew exactly what they were going for with that one. Yeah, we really went back and forth with them. And, you know, only built the things they really needed. Only built things they were going to shoot. Um, certain ways. And some really fun gore stuff. A lot of practical stuff in that one. A lot of stuff. It's yeah. going to be a bloody good time. Oh, yeah. You guys will love it. This was the one filmed in London. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then this brings up a question, too, then. How far out do you guys go? Because if I'm not mistaken, you're based in Hamilton, right? Yeah, we're we have crew in Hamilton and in Toronto. Ryan's in Toronto and a, a few other people as well. But we'll um 
with COVID now it's a little bit different, right? But like uh, at our shop, I had a guy a few weeks ago come by. He was from Nigeria, and he he wanted us to go shoot a zombie movie in Nigeria. Um, but the way COVID is right now, like uh, yeah, but, Sadly, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I shot a few things in LA. Where where'd you go? LA too, or was it? I've been to Miami, Florida. A few yeah, times. My, Miami. See what I mean? So the, if they'll fly us all, oh, dude, please, we'll go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no, it's it's fun, right? Like. It's it's new like with the way I am like the way I feel is um every new person is a new contact, you know I, I I'll never just stop and say I've met everybody I, I've talked to everyone it's over, I I don't believe that I I believe that there's always people out there people are always wanting to do things new people always come up people that have retired always come back, there's always someone to talk to someone that always wants to have fun and someone that always wants to um, experiment and life is too short you know. Everyone is out there. Everybody, like, there's people everywhere. No, that's true. And you, yeah. the same thing when when I start networking here. You never know where the next big idea is going to come from, the next big picture, the next big effect. So you got to keep those doors open. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. If anybody will listen, I'll talk to anyone. And if you guys want monsters, we're here. Let's 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 rock. Excellent. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. Uh, everybody out there, stay tuned to the bonus material because I'm going to ask these guys about a certain little film that they may have been involved in. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for uh, Butcher Show.